I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Another day, another dollar. Welcome to the Katie's podcast. <laughs> as soon as you started, I just, <laughs> Did I you see knew. the look in I my eyes? <laughs> I felt it. I was I was a comedian. I was overtaken I by did. a comedian. Oh, you have the spirit of comedy. You really Thank do. You. Thank yeah, you for the, that. I just feel like the Holy Spirit like gave me a gift of comedy and I just like learning how to use it for the Lord, you know? So grateful for that. Really. Anyways, uh, but for realsies, welcome back. We're so happy to have you here uh, listening once again. We are excited to dive in today's episode. We just have like fun, good straight up biblical <laughs> content for you guys do. Uh, today. And I know both of us really loved our Jude study mm-hmm. and I've gotten some cool positive feedback on that one. Good. And so it's, we're just like excited to be digging into all these passages with you guys. I was actually listening back to the Jude one and I don't always listen to like the full episode yeah. when we release it, but I was listening back to it and I was like learning from it again. Like yeah, I was being no, ministered to by it. So I, I really like this format for these. And then I just am loving getting to do and plan these roundtable discussions and oh man, so good. But Katie, how are you this week? Anything new? Hmm, anything new? Not really. That's okay. (laughs) Life's good. Nothing crazy happened this week. It's been, I don't know, no complaints. Nice. What about you? It's really good. Uh, I mean, nothing crazy, but we just, we got to see, we got to see baby have an ultrasound Mm. and everything's looking good and... Yeah, that's always nice to be able to to see that everything's going good. And also our due date got moved up by two weeks. Ooh. So farther along than we thought we were, which is exciting and super weird. But <laughs> yeah, life is life is good over here too. Like complicated and good and all of the above. So. Yeah, absolutely. Busy and good. Busy, busy and, and good, good. <laughs> exactly. So today we, this was like sort of mine to take the lead on. And I was really like, I honestly was spending days like going back and forth between different passages and stuff that I've been reading and um, different topics I wanted to cover and none of it was landing. Like none of it was just sticking. And um, we were at an event last night and someone was talking about like, I'm not the kind of person that you can just give me a topic and I'm going <laughs> to yeah. do it and do great. Like it, God needs to like give it to me. God needs to show me. And I honestly related to that. Yeah. I thought that where it's like, I can't just make something happen. Yeah, I can't like <laughs> scrounge it up. No, <laughs> yeah. no. And, you know, I really felt, like this was something that I was excited about that the Lord showed me and gave me and was reminding me of. And it's it's not super complicated, but it's really foundational. And as we're talking about the church a lot, this, the, you know, big C church a lot, this next kind of season of our podcast, why not start in Acts, right? Mm. <clears throat> why not start at the beginning? And I'm sure that Pentecost is something that we're going to be covering maybe when we start talking about like our specific church series. Absolutely. There's not really a way to avoid it. Right. I mean, as we shouldn't. (laughs) It is like pretty much the starting, the starting place. Uh, But this that I want to cover today is the passage immediately following Pentecost and the sermon given after Pentecost. So um, if you are going to read with us or if you, you know, if there's something you want to note, we're going to be in Acts 2 verses 42 through 47 today. And we're going to be talking about biblical community. So a little bit of background here. This is immediately following, like I said, Pentecost. So everybody's in the upper room and the Holy Spirit falls and fills all of the apostles and Mm. gives them the gift of tongues and signs and wonders and miracles. And they go out and they preach and 3000 people are saved. 
expected. And they're all like, you're drunk. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. it's too early for that. It's too early for that, yeah. <laughs> and they're just filled with the spirit. And um, Peter kind of excellently summarizes this in the verses immediately preceding this and says, the whole message of the Pentecost sermon is repent of your sins, turn to God and be baptized. And the Holy Spirit is guiding this message. It lands home. And like I said, 3,000 people are saved that day, which is just incredible. That's So wild. this is, I know, I would, this is one of those like, things I would love to just have like a little, I would love to see what yeah. this looked like. Um, and cause it's in this busy intersection of all these different cultures. They're speaking all these languages. It's like this busy yeah. point at a, you know, Pentecost was a festival. It was a yeah. Jewish festival. And so this was an incredible diverse, like welcoming of people into yeah. the kingdom of God. And I just would love to see it. But anyways, we're going to pick up immediately following Pentecost. And this is the result of Pentecost, of the Holy Spirit kind of birthing the church, right? So we're going to start in verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So those are the people that were just added to the body. Mm -hmm. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved." So cool. Every time mm. I read this passage, I'm just like, I get goosebumps. And it like makes me feel excited to like be a part of the church. Oh yeah. Like that idea, I think the picture of them like selling their possessions and like right. sharing with everybody, there's just something so right sweet about that and like lands right in my spirit. Like I need to be a part of that. 100%. I need to do that. <laughs> 100%. I feel the same way. And I... I think it's important to remember that this is, there is no like persecution yet, really. Mm, yeah. So this is the birth of the church. This is when everything is new and exciting. And God is establishing the church really in the church community. But there's all of this like unity and love that's like shared between them is meant to like bind them together and to build up their faith. And yeah. it's preparing them for what's to come, right? But something that I do want to point out here that I think is really important and that I, I really want to like, if you don't remember anything else, remember this. Personal faith is inseparably connected to membership in Christian community. Mm. And so, you know, this wasn't like an organized church building with janitors and like, you know, yeah. uh, room bookings and stuff like that. Yeah. Here's our admin pastor. hundred percent, hundred percent. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But from the very birth of the church of Jesus on earth, it was necessary that it was a community. Like mm -hmm. no man is an island. It was not intended to be something done alone. And going into this, I want to kind of break down verse by verse a little bit of just what this is talking about, a little bit of exegesis. We're going to do verse 42 actually at the end because I want to focus on these four things, the apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. Mm -hmm. But I would love to go through the rest of the verses first, actually. So verse 43 says that everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And this really is meant to show continuity between Jesus and the apostles. 
right? Mm, that what yeah. the apostles were doing was a continuation of what right. Jesus was doing. It wasn't separate or like a quasi ministry. It was a, yeah. Right. Like you're saying, a continuation. Exactly. And that it was his power yes. that like gave life to this thing, yeah. that it wasn't just them going and starting something new, that it was, it's meant to draw like comparison, that yeah. it's the same, the same works that are happening um, through his spirit. And the church being birthed here belonged to Jesus and mm. was made possible by his spirit. So- incredibly important. This wasn't yeah. just a rogue mission being done. No, it's like there's a stamp of ownership over it by Jesus. 100%. Verses 44 through 45 say, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. A couple things. This can sound a lot like, you know, it's a commune or something yeah, crazy. Like, we're all going to stop cutting our hair. Right. <laughs> or you could assume that the apostles were telling them to do these things. Yeah. But neither is true. This was entirely voluntary. So this was born out of a spirit of spiritual unity and mutual love and care, which are products of the Holy Spirit working yeah. in and through these people. So, I mean, I guess we could point back to the fruit of the Spirit. Like yeah, absolutely. Series that we just did here that this is just the fruit of the Spirit working in the church. Verse 46 says, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. I think something really cool here is they were continuing to attend temple. Yes. And this is something that isn't revolutionary. This is what Jesus did. This was the model of Jesus. If you, I mean, look at Jesus saying he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. This is... Um, his people continuing on. And for once in Christian history, understanding the point of 100%. Jesus, where he's saying, you know, while we're, they're saying, you know what, we're going to continue going to temple because we recognize the, the, um, what sort of, the benefit of mm-hmm. it and the importance and significance of it. Right. Um, but we're also living this fresh, beautiful, new Christian life breathed into by Jesus. And even practically, like exactly like you're saying, it's making me think, now reading the old testament is joyful yeah. and beautiful through the lens of jesus yeah like imagine the fresh eyes these people who have been attending temple their entire lives so who have been studying the pentateuch and all this stuff backwards and forwards and they are viewing it with fresh eyes with fresh understanding well they just met the fulfillment it's of incredible every prophecy that they've been committing to memory for the last however many years and I just think like that has to be so special. Mm-hmm. And um, and like, shows us that like even now there's no, like it's not, we're not just a New Testament church. Right, right? exactly. That this is all has value. Exactly, yeah. So important here though as well is that the congregation went outside of the temple as well and they were taking it into their homes. That mm-hmm. this wasn't just something that they were attending a temple once a week or whatever. It was something that was, filling every part of their lives and that they they had this insatiable desire to share together in their homes and in their communities. So beautiful. Mm. Verse 47, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day, those who were being saved. The Lord is the one doing the work and building yeah. his church. And everything here, like it's still true today. It's still applicable. Yeah. And now I would love to take a little a little turn and break down verse 42. And we're going to focus on four things here that are kind of markers of biblical community as as God intended. Mm. And those hallmarks are teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And so teaching here is specifically the teaching of the apostles. 
And the apostles were anointed by Jesus through his spirit to teach. They Mm -hmm. had a special anointing by being taught directly by Jesus and being with him and walking with him, but also through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they had a message. They had the like proclamation of the kingdom of God to share that was held authority. Like Mm -hmm. it carried weight. Another thing that's important to remember here is that right teaching was absolutely necessary yeah. for these for these new believers. Like the church is being established. Right. <laughs> and that's why, honestly, we see so much in all of the epistles about false teaching. Yeah. Because as you can imagine, there's a lot of crazy stuff that's going to come up as this whole new thing is being established. Um, and constantly, Paul and Peter and the writers of the epistles are pointing back to the Old Testament, to the teachings of Jesus. They're yeah. saying, this is, this is what we believe. This is what has been revealed. This is what the Spirit has revealed to us as the apostles in conjunction with and in complete agreement to these things that were established long before us, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, um, I'm excited to kind of further on down the road with this podcast, we're going to be talking about like the creeds and the catechisms Mm -hmm. and everything. Like, I think that this was I mean, I know that this is, was establishing the things that are ending up in those creeds and catechisms and confessions or whatever, mm-hmm. um, because this problem doesn't stop of yes. the false teachers of people saying, oh, I've got new revelation. And everybody's right. like, that's not possible. So maybe take a seat. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're not adding anything or whatever. Right. Um, but that's something like you're saying, we see. Um, kind of ramp up in the epistles of them being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Lots of people out here saying some stuff. We just want to bring everybody back to our roots. And again, not disregarding Old Testament, not disregarding Torah, valuing it heavily, understanding Jesus fulfilled it yeah. and operating out of that knowledge. And it's, it's absolutely, sweet. Absolutely. And this brings up an important point, which is that you, it is impossible to have Christian community that doesn't devote itself to the teaching of Jesus through his apostles and through the entire word of God. Mm -hmm. So any community that claims Jesus, but is not teaching what he taught and is not validating what his apostles shared and what church history has long affirmed to be canon word Mm -hmm. of God through the apostles and through the old Testament, um, it, it has no power and it has no validity. Like just plain and simple. The Bible yeah. is the foundation for all Christian community. Well, the Bible is our validity. Like we have no validity in, our, mm-hmm. in ourselves, in our own opinion or in our own interpretations. It's all in scripture. Mm-hmm. And so when you are attending somewhere or when you've subscribed to, you know, a certain group that elevates their interpretations or their opinion on scripture, their validity should be stripped from them. You know what I mean? Because it's never been about us or what we can extrapolate or whatever. It's been always about the living, breathing word of God. 100%. I, this is all making me think of a message we just had at church a couple of weeks ago where one of our pastors, Mike Van Meter, gave an incredible message about the trustworthiness of the Bible. And mm-hmm. he was giving kind of these like eight reasons why there's really no argument <laughs> against the validity of the word of God as being the inspired word of God. Um, maybe we can link that here. I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen. I wasn't there. <laughs> oh, Katie. Oh my gosh, Katie. You seriously I will link out. it. <laughs> you, you really should and you should listen to yeah, it. I'll listen and then link. <laughs> because 
you know, this is all well and good, but if you don't actually believe right. that the Bible is the inspired word of God, then it's kind of like, okay, yeah, but how is that any different than yeah, any but other? Yeah, written by moon. Right, right, exactly. And any other kind of teaching. And it is like not foolish or unscientific mm-hmm. or unhistorical to see the word of God as divine and inspired Absolutely. and without error. So if you don't view the Bible as being without error, mm-hmm. that's another problem. As well, well that it, if there's you can't no trust anything in it, right? <laughs> Either it is, it is the inspired word of God, yeah. and it's perfect, or it's not, and there's no in between. Yeah. And um, again, we'll link that message for you if you yeah. have questions about that. He is a historian and a biblical scholar, and you should absolutely listen. Yeah. So, the next piece of this puzzle of biblical community was fellowship, and uh, the word here is koinonia which is kind of a, people talk about this all the time, Quinonia and Quinonia points to mutuality and commitment characteristic of marriage. Oh. So there's this like covenantal common good, mm. like the interest of the common good, commitment, um, intimacy, yeah. all of that is like wrapped up in Quinonia. So it's not just like, oh, we're fellowshipping. Like, yeah, like let's all have breadsticks <laughs> She's adding our young adults ministry right now. Um, we love breadsticks. Let's pickleball and breadsticks, you know? Yeah. No, but... <laughs> okay, guys. But that does bring people closer together. So, <laughs> Well, and the point here is that you can have community, you can have all yeah. these things, but without the Holy Spirit as the driving force and as the, the fire underneath it, you're not going to have this kind of deep yeah. unity and like interest in the common good as was seen here. Like yeah. it it's profoundly different than just saying like, yeah, like we love them. Oh my gosh, so good to see you. How's your day? Like that's yeah. all good. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, doesn't mean your church is shallow or right. broken. There has to be that. <laughs> if that's not part of it. <laughs> but there's this deep connection and love for one another that like literally inspired these people to sell all of their possessions mm-hmm. to take care of each other, to like assess and look at their community and say, who is lacking? How do we take care of them? How do we love and support each other? And it's just a whole nother level. So this was marked by both like sharing of possessions and sharing activity together. So common activities. And that's again, kind of like marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're one in your finances, you're one in your possessions. Mm -hmm. Um, but also everything you do affects each other. And that leads us to the breaking of bread. And there's some debate whether Luke, who's the author of Acts, whether he meant specifically like the Lord's Supper and communion or like large meals shared together by church Mm -hmm. members. But the common consensus is both. Yeah. Like both and that this this always happens. Like what's the harm in either? (laughs) 100%. That both are important. Um, It's incredibly important that you're in a church body where you're taking communion regularly. Mm -hmm. Like it's a whole other bucket of worms, but it's an incredibly important part of being a Christian. I'll uh, I'll link in the description. Felicia Masonheimer has an excellent episode all about communion. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually really worth a listen to in light of what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll link it. It's just like a bunch of different styles of taking communion throughout yeah. church history and in different yeah. denominations. Yeah, nerd out about this kind of so, stuff. <laughs> I'll link it because <laughs> I loved that episode. I, yeah, I loved it as well. So this was intimate. Either yeah. way, this this means, and both probably, 
this is an intimate thing. Sharing a meal with other people. It's special. Is special. Yeah. And this wasn't just, you know, in the context of this verse, it's like this is happening all the time. This isn't just something that's like, you know, once a month or mm. a special event or once a week or whatever. Like this is just the common practice yeah. is eating together, breaking bread. And there's an actual even more significant layer of meaning to this, which is that it was a common social norm at the time to only eat with those of similar socio socioeconomic or ethnic backgrounds. So this was setting an entirely new precedent, like only the gospel can do, of unifying regardless of gender, of race, of creed, of like any of these things that this shared common love of Jesus and belief in him was enough to equal out for everyone. Right. <laughs> like it where they where they stood. Unifying. Exactly. Yeah. So a verse here that I would love to read, a couple verses actually, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So this is actually written much later than Pentecost. Yeah. And persecution has started in the church. And so a commentary here was pointing out that this is probably, people are forsaking meeting together, not because they don't think it's important, mm -hmm. because they're being persecuted. Yeah. And so it's a way to stay safe. Um, but saying all the more, encourage one another. Like there's something so profoundly yeah. important about meeting together as right. Christians and being in shared community and breaking bread together. Yeah. Um, like more than ever. More than ever. This. Yes. Yeah. Especially, especially when things are hard, especially yeah. when your enemies stand against you. Another verse that I'd love to read here is actually in Ecclesiastes 4. And this is just going to highlight the importance of community and fellowship. And we're going to start in verse 9 and we're going to read through verse 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Um, again, just highlighting the fact that we were designed. Yeah. We were designed to do this life together in Absolutely. close relationship in close community well and that there's just such practical like there's such practical benefits to doing life with other people yeah and like with other people that are gonna have your back absolutely <laughs> you know what I mean because there's a difference between just like doing life with people that you can like whatever have fun with but we're talking about somebody who you're gonna be a cord of three strands with like yeah. that is so like I don't know. There's something about that that it implies that both people are committed to each other and they're, yeah. you know, committed to each other's good, but also right. the common good of the kingdom. And there's something like so strong about that. And then also like being able to fight off an attacker, like it's talking about that. And mm -hmm. that I think we can make that super spiritual and be totally. like, you know, we have an enemy. We have an enemy who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. And God has provided this model of mm -hmm. community and said, hey, you can't do this on your own, but with community, you can fend off an attacker. Right. And, and you know, all of these different examples. And I just think that if we can't win you over to this concept with convincing you that you need people to, you know, just fellowship and have community with, it's very practical. Mm. Like you just, it, 
strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. You need people. You do. The last piece of this puzzle is prayer. And this included both prayers that would have been like the prayers that the apostles would be teaching to these new believers, which would have included like Hebrew prayers that they had been taught and prayed their whole lives out of the Old Testament. And it would also include like the Lord's prayer and all of that, that Jesus had taught them. But also through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, there's this whole new element to prayer where prayer becomes a weapon. Prayer becomes more than just a weapon. It becomes actual communion with God because for the first time, Jesus has made a way for you to commune with God. Yes, the veil is torn. Yes. And so when it's saying they are committed, they're devoted to prayer. Imagine like being able for the first time to, without any fear of retribution or punishment, Mm. to come before the Lord and to pray to him with an open heart with Jesus as your intercessor, with the Holy Spirit, inspiring you with what to pray, with having um, spiritual gifts and all of these things being like part of it. It's it's so much more than just sitting down and saying rote prayers before meals and things like that. It's a spirit-inspired, God-breathed communion with the Lord himself, uh, which is just so beautiful. And I just want to read a couple verses of, you know, letters in the New Testament talking about prayer. One is 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, which says, first of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. Hmm. So saying we got to be praying for everybody with everybody on behalf of everybody. James 5, 16. And it says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that, so that you may be healed the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And so not only is prayer now something personal between you and the Lord, but it's also an aspect of community. That confession and prayers for healing and prayers for forgiveness and prayers for strength and all of that is not just something that can happen. It's something that should happen and is... If you're not experiencing this in the community that you're in, you're you're missing yeah. an element of the like power and the life that it's, is meant to be in that. It's the blueprint. Like this is what we are supposed to be doing. And I I like what you said when you said like this isn't something that just like can happen. Like this is a requirement, mm-hmm. dare I say, of the church that this stuff be happening. And um when it's something that it will be produced. Right. It, like if, if there is, it is the fruit of an effective exactly. church body. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that we can sit around hoping like, oh my gosh, I hope I get to partake in something like this one day. And it's like, no, this is absolutely the fruit of a healthy Amen. working church environment. So. Right. And through individual believers. Yeah. Walking in the spirit and being obedient. Yeah. This is just part of it. Yeah. And it's, Personal and also completely interconnected. Mm-hmm. The next verse that I have is First John 5, verses 14 through 15. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. So this is exactly like we were saying mm-hmm. before. There is a power to prayer. It's a gift from the from the Holy right. Spirit. It's not it's, vain or empty. It's not a religious practice. And I think that is a misconception about prayer is 
I think people make it very religious. Right. Even people in the non-denom Christian right. space, it feels like a very religious act. I'm going like, to pray before oh, my Okay, meals. I have to pray. I have to, yeah, yeah, I have to do this. I have to do that. Exactly. It's something very like ritualistic and God just wants to commune with us. Yes. And we can have complete confidence. He actually hears us. Yes. Yeah. Like the God of the universe hears his children when they cry out to him. Yeah. That's insane. It's completely insane. That changes everything about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you're praying because you feel like you have to versus if you're praying because you have complete confidence that the God of the universe hears you and loves you and knows you, it's, it's just worlds apart. Yeah. So something I really want to emphasize here, all of these things, being devoted to teaching, being devoted to fellowship, breaking bread, being committed to prayer, Mm. All of these are things that Jesus modeled himself. Yeah. None of this is something that was new for the church. <laughs> None of this was something that the apostles hadn't seen before and they're telling them, uh, we think you should live this way, right? This is simply the model of Jesus. Like he, like we said, with temple, right? Yeah. He regularly attended temple. He read in temple. He yeah. taught in temple. He he was a rabbi. Like that was his, he, he was there constantly. Yeah. And so many of little, you know, parts of the gospels are him talking to people in temple and talking to Pharisees and um, teaching and reading out of the word of God. Like it was an, it was an important regular, just part of his life. Uh, Fellowship, like he not only fellowshiped with a close group of apostles and people that he loved and knew and was friends with, but he had fellowship with God. Yeah, He constantly was removing himself and being separate from his apostles to to be in the presence of God to yeah. pray to seek out his father to will. seek his father's will and he could he didn't Jesus didn't do this alone right Jesus chose to surround himself with an intimate few yeah and also to be completely dependent on the will of the father yeah which is incredible well and i think that this is such a neat picture because there's like the aspect of it that's amazing because literally savior of the universe perfect is still putting himself in community Mm. um and that's like amazing but it also shows that putting yourself in community and fellowshipping with others is perfect like that is the perfect will of god because even his son the spotless lamb the perfect one Mm -hmm. he's here and he's he has these 12 guys that he hangs out with and mm-hmm. they all like go have fun together and they <laughs> share meals and they do ministry and yeah. it's fruitful and it's good. And uh, so I think that we can, it may sound basic, but look, Jesus is doing it. Yeah. It's perfect. And you're not above community <laughs> just to, if just to be like that. But yeah, genuinely, if it's like, not too good for Jesus, if it's not too good for Jesus, it's not too good for you. Yeah. And do you think he always was like super stoked with like all of their personalities no, and all the decisions freaking, they were making? He's out with Judas and he's like, for real, dude. <laughs> like he had to have seen stuff coming where he's like, well, of course he did. Well, and not only that, but like he loved him. Yeah. He yeah. loved him. He loved his, he loved And what all a of them. devastating, oh, I know. just what a devastating time. I know. But. And, you know, beyond this too, breaking of bread, like Jesus was a man. Yeah. And a big part of his ministry was breaking bread with sinners. Like that was a huge yeah. criticism He's of all, him. dude, let's eat. Yes. <laughs> all the time. Right. Well, and he ate in people's houses yeah. and, you know, they hosted meals and did all of these things and ate with 
forgiven sinners yeah. and, you know, and tax collectors and prostitutes <laughs> and yeah, all of these yeah. kinds of people. Um, again, if it's not too good for Jesus, yeah. it's not too good for you. Yeah. And lastly, prayer. We kind of touched on this with his fellowship with the Lord, but Jesus was a devoted man of prayer. Yeah. Like he's God, okay? Yeah. If anybody doesn't need to pray, it's God. Like yeah. in our human mind, right? For real. But he was constantly in prayer. Yeah. He was constantly seeking the will of his father. Um, again, not too good for yeah. Jesus. Not, not too, too good, good for you. For you. <laughs> if Jesus needed constant yeah. prayer and how connection with more? his father, how much more yeah. do we need that? Um, and he has made a way for us. Mm. So he said, I, he didn't say this. I, <laughs> just putting words in the mouth I'm of Jesus. Words, ah, turn off the podcast. I'm pretty sure I said something about this earlier mic, in the podcast. The <laughs> New revelation. No, but like he... He modeled the importance of prayer and with that importance became our mediator. Like, you know what I mean? He's like, here's the importance. Here's the importance. Now I'm, I'm the intercessor for you. Like pray to me, you know? And it's just so, I don't know. There's something about that shift from being a man here on earth, praying so consistently to his father, to then being the one that we we turn to mm-hmm. and he, you know, goes to the father on our behalf. He's yeah. our high priest. Like there's just something about that shift that um, obviously just seems right because it's God, but it just makes sense. Yeah, it does. So just a few things that I think would be good for us to discuss yeah. amongst ourselves here. But like, do we see this in the church today? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe to those out there who are listening to this, if they feel like, they're not finding this in their church yeah. or in their community. Like, what should they do about it? Mm-hmm. What do you think? It's interesting because I think that this could go one of two ways. <laughs> I think that this is something that you could recognize a lack of this in your community or in your church. And this is something that you can stoke up. You can, you know, start walking this out and more likely than not, you're going to find that, oh, people actually are doing this more than I think they are in my community. But I just didn't realize because I was not partaking or I was not walking this out. Or you look around and you realize your church doesn't value the core principles that the Holy Spirit is laying out at the time of Pentecost and it's time to find a new church. And so I think that those are kind of like the two routes. And I I think that nobody ever wants to hear like, all right, time to find a new church. But genuinely, if your church is not carrying out these things, it's not a church. Yeah. It's a hangout. (laughs) If it's not, and this goes back to the message we're going to link for you guys. If your church isn't teaching the word of God as perfect and in its completion, it's not somewhere you should be. (laughs) Right. And if your church doesn't make any space for like fellowship in the smaller level, um, Maybe that's something that you can create. But if you're finding resistance constantly in that, yeah, I don't really know of many churches that truly resist that. Right. But those are like important things. They're, they're necessary components. And so I, I agree with what you're saying there. Yeah. And I also think that, first of all, we do see this in the church today yeah. because the church is more than mega churches and yeah. tiny churches and home churches and denominations and any of those things. The church is the living, breathing body of Christ yeah. on earth. And he will be glorified in it. And Mm -hmm. he is still the one working through it and making it happen, right? Like he is still the driving force of all of it. 
and wherever his spirit is, like these things are going to follow. It's just true. And it's happening like in underground churches and persecuted countries and it's happening in America and it's happening in everywhere in between. I would just really encourage you before being critical of your small little piece of the pie where you're at, that you would consider the fact that these things are an outflow of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in the lives of personal believers who are devoted to these things. And so just like you were saying, Katie, this isn't like a buckle up your bootstraps, make it happen for yourself kind of an issue. This is like, maybe you need to spend time in the word of God. Maybe you need to be seeking the Lord. Maybe you need to be praying and being intimate and communing with the Lord mm-hmm. um, so that you are inspired to love and yeah. to unity and to um, this kind of devotion. And it's it just it's not something you can conjure up. There's probably more of it around you, available to you, than you realize if you're being critical. <laughs> maybe you're sitting at the wrong table. Right. And, and that's hard. Well, and this is the thing too. And I this might just be a common like western churchy kind of thing here yeah. but if you're like looking for the tables that are popular and mm-hmm. you're looking for the groups that are popular and you're like clout chasing I guess yeah. for lack of a better <laughs> yeah like term here that's not that's not the point right. and like so much of our pride comes in the way of what God actually has for community yeah and I mean, I there's never been more profound times of this in my life than when I'm in community, in groups where I don't have things in common with all the people yeah. that I'm there with, that I'm not concerned about status or like mm-hmm. how it looks or things like that, right? Where it's genuine, just pursuit of the Lord together yeah. in community. And um, I'm thankful for a church that's built off of smaller groups yeah. and to have a home group and to have all these things. But I would encourage you, even if that's not something that's like available to you in your church, talk to your pastors, talk yeah. to your leaders, like make these things happen. They're they're good and they're important and they're necessary. So absolutely, um, I would just really encourage you to not take this and be critical, but rather to yeah. take this and be inspired to, to seek the Lord, to yeah. love him, to invite his spirit into your day-to-day life and yeah. to, to love the church the way that he does. Yeah. I mean, just like you're saying, it has to happen on a person by person level. And why not you? Why not you? Definitely. And again, back to the the point of all of it, right? That personal faith yeah. is completely inseparable from Christian community. Right. So other people can't have enough faith for you to experience this. Right. And your personal faith is bolstered and strengthened mm-hmm. by community. But also community is not possible without right. individuals with personal deep faith. Yeah. So community doesn't create faith. Faith creates community. Exactly. So anyways, that's our encouragement to you guys today. Yes. And I hope it was um, something that you learned from and enjoyed and that just inspires you to read the word of God and to love Jesus and um, love your love your church. Yes. We... Uh, as always, don't want our communication with you to end here. Mm-hmm. So we are available to you. We, we really are. are. We really are. We we don't do anything. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but we like truly, genuinely, we're we're available. Yeah. So we've got an email address that you all know by now, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Katie's Podcast at gmail.com. and then we also have an Instagram, which is at the Katie's Podcast. Um, and we want to connect with you. Share about your life. Share about what you're frustrated about or 
things you just don't know how to navigate, we want to hear about it. We want to walk through it with you. Um, or maybe you have a suggestion or maybe you just want to tell us how pretty we are and how great our voice sounds and how wise <laughs> we are. And you know what? I wouldn't delete your email if you sent that to me. That's not all blocked. I'm going to say. You're not blocked. You like get to live to see another day. <laughs> um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, we love you all. We do. And we genuinely pray for you. So um, just go go forth into your week, I guess. Go forth, be the church, love <laughs> be the one church, another. Be the church. <laughs> All right. Before I say anything else, goodbye. We love you. Talk to you guys soon. See you later. Bye.